Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, hey, I'm Ricky Bobby. And I'm Cal Lawton Jr. Let's talk about kids on leashes. This is Dirt and Sprague. Fire Safety Week is right around the corner. And here are a few important tips you might want to listen to. Wrapping your kids in newspaper at bedtime sounds like a good idea. Keeps them warm. But guess what? That stuff's flammable. With Andy Dirt Johnson. Hey, we've all run around with an empty milk jug full of gasoline and lit it in an open field. But make sure there's a parent close by. And Brendan Sprague. What's better than a nap? A nap with a cigarette. I know. I do it. If you're going to sleep in bed, make it a hammock. So if it lights on fire, you fall down and wake up. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Fire safety begins in your brain at home. The Fan. All right, hour number two here. This is Dirt and Sprague. Patrick Harris, Joe Fisher, and Jason Swigard. We're filling in for the boys as they're on a much-needed Vacation needed, deserved, I don't know, but I think it's contractually obligated, so they've got it. <laughs> Although Andy Johnson had to work yesterday, is that can we confirm that? That is was true. he in the building? <clears throat> I did see him. I did saw... he have to come down into the building? Yes, yes, he was here. Sucks to suck. Yep, he was here. Dusty, him, and Anthony Newman, they were all here. Well, Q, I'll take Q. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. In yeah, my I think there was life. some sort of confusion about when exactly the post game or the pregame show was starting. So Dusty got things kicked off, and then <laughs> just flying solo. And then all of a sudden, people <laughs> rolled in. Yeah, essentially, like <laughs> Dust, uh, uh, Andy rolled in like twenty minutes after. And then why do I feel like the Ice Man is always like that? And then that and- Dusty's always Mister Reliable. <laughs> he shows up, and then it's like, all right, let's do this. And then he looks around, and nobody's then there. Anthony showed up, and then like I could hear as soon as they opened the studio, Dusty be like, no, it's it's good. We're all right. We're all right. <laughs> Mr. Like, no, man, it's cool. It's all right. And I'm yeah, sure you did show like, up to work on time. No big no. deal, man. And listen, like Dusty probably really did not give two Fs. No, but... he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. No, that situation, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I know how that feels. But like. he's totally the kind of guy that's like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, your shift started an hour ago, but it's cool that you're not here on For time. Real. Yeah. No. I, I just had to do everything by myself. You're good, though. But from what I've heard, uh, best pregame show ever. Like oh, really? In the history of pregame shows. How do you judge what a good pregame show is? You just listen, man. You be the judge for yourself. What are the factors I that listened, go into it? Was it just I'm... like some hard stats coming at you? Was it loose? Was it cracking jokes? Or was it X's and O's? How do you really break down a great preview show? Well, it all starts at the top. I right? mean, I thought we yeah. had a great preview <laughs> hour of the Ducks yesterday. Just, it was so good. Just, I just listened to it. Wax and poetic could, and about... could tell instantly <laughs> that that preview we did yesterday for an hour was just phenomenal. It set the tone for the rest of the day. That's for damn sure. So Dusty's greatest 
preview pregame show of all time is simply because of us, is what you're saying. Sounds about right. And because Q was late to his job and Andy was late to his job. There is only one uh, common denominator in all this, and is that we kick things off Thursday morning. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. Uh, speaking of that, uh, because of that awesome pregame here on Tenet the Fan all day, home of the Ducks, uh, the Ducks defeat North Carolina 28-27 in yes. thrilling fashion uh, in what turned out to be a pretty damn good game. Uh, I remember watching the first half, and I was kind of like, eh. Swag nailed it with his, with his call on the under. I remember watching the first half. Fraudulent. Thinking, <laughs> I remember watching the first half kind of thinking, man, these offenses aren't really getting going. I, These defenses are playing at a high level. This is not the game I thought it was going to be. Well, it, I could just tell, like, it was towards the end of the first half. I'm like, man, I feel like each of these teams have only had, like, two possessions. Right. And sure enough, that's what it, I think that's what it was, maybe two or three each in the first half. So it was very dink and dunk, run the ball, methodical, take time off the clock. I, there was definitely a point in that first half, I'm like, yeah, this under is looking really good. And then how the first half ended with North Carolina getting the pick and then the touchdown. That put it 21-14. 21-14. We're looking at 35 points at half. I'm like, hey. And the Oregon gets the ball after halftime and goes four and out. Yeah. It's, so and Bo looks bad. And it was 24-14 in the fourth, and I was like, all right, Swigard's got he's got this in the bag at this yep. point. We need a Arkansas-Kansas-like effort at the end for I didn't even, this to hit the over. I didn't even know Arkansas-Kansas happened until this morning. <laughs> Yeah, well, that is you not being on Twitter is what that was. That is because it. I you could not escape it on Twitter. It was every other post was about that game. Um, so, but I will say this though: last night's game was fun, and I thought the billing kind of lived up to the hype a little yes, bit. Hundred uh, percent. Drake May looked great at times. Like yes. you could see at times why this kid is so special His and why second touchdown pass. He rocketed in there. He was looking real good yesterday. I mean, and he's thrown it into coverage that you kind of look at when you watch replays. You can kind of, I think, it, I think it was yeah. His second touchdown was kind of the the over the shoulder. In in the corner of the egg zone, was that the second one or was that the first touchdown? That was the first. That's one. the first one. The second and, one, he hit the dude on like a post slant right, right over the middle and just fired it in. The there. first one, he kind of throws near the back of the corner of the end zone, kind of in that area. And when I saw the replay from like his point of view, that looked like, oh no, don't throw that ball because there was a defender right there looking to snag it. But where he placed it, the defender couldn't reach. So Only, he just yeah. like that really nice Russ. Thing that he used to be able to do because he can't do anything right now. Drop it in the where bucket. he would just yeah was able to just float that ball right over somebody. I saw that from Drake May, who I haven't watched a ton of this year because I think ACC football is really garbage. Dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> ACC football is amazing. All right, shown on display last night. Did you just ACC. yeah? What what did we watch last night? <laughs> I think we watched a really good quarterback on a mediocre team. Dude, DJU is going to. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, I, I completely you've you've derailed I'm sorry. me. I'm I, sorry. I completely forgot what I was going to say. Hey, here. something about Drake May looking really, really good. Yeah, he looked really, really good and making making passes that you want to see from somebody who's so Has highly touted. Yeah, yeah. My only thing on the flip side is. I didn't think Bo Nix played very well yesterday. I think there were times where he looked a little hesitant and he was overthrowing guys constantly. And if if Bucky Irving hasn't decided to run all over everyone, Oregon was in some serious trouble. Their offense, if they weren't running the football or Duncan, that was it. 
and eventually North Carolina said, you're not going to run the football yeah. on us anymore. No, that that's what it was. After that big 66-yard uh, touchdown, North Carolina was like, all right, F this. Like, yeah, we aren't going to let them run the ball on us. And you saw, was, we're seeing a lot more of those screen swing passes out to the outside. And then they started to take those away, too. And those were getting stopped for one, two, three yards, not getting a whole lot out of that. That's when Bo had to start making some decisions. And he said it himself at the end of the first half, that interception he threw. Yeah, it was total, like, ricochet, boom, dude kicks it up right. in the air. There's a lot of luck hand. involved in this situation. For sure. There's not a reason it was the number one play on SportsCenter. Right. It's because of a bunch of crazy ass happening. But in that moment, when he made that throw, right when he made that throw, I'm like, I don't know. But, but, oh, my God. Like, And he knew it. He said... After I threw that, I was pissed. I made a bad throw, put myself in. So he recognizes it. But those are the moments that give you Auburn flashbacks of yep. Bo Nix. That mm -hmm. give you those moments of like, this is where his decision-making and that gunslinger mentality and him trying to make something happen out of nothing can bite him in the butt sometimes. Yeah, and I think, I think, I think Bo Nix's performance last night is a great, a great reason why he should come back to Oregon next year. Because Bo Nix has potential NFL prospect. Okay, potential. I don't know if it's there. I don't know if he's a first round, third round, fifth round kind of guy. I'll let the talent evaluators choose that. But there are still mistakes in Bo's cabinet. And yesterday that was on display. Can you imagine if he decided he was going to go to the NFL and that was his last college game? For Drake May? No. My for bad. Bo Nix. For Bo Nix? If that if Bo decided he was gonna go to the NFL next year and that was his last game in college, I don't think that would go well for him. No, well, I mean when, if, if Bo next year when he goes to the NFL, I mean, he would have to have some insane passing numbers to I think be looked at as a day one or two quarterback. Like what, I, I mean he threw for forty two touchdowns, something like that for Oregon. I mean I, I get it, man, but I mean I, I don't see him as a, like, he's round four, five, six, seven to me, somewhere in well, there. Well, that's fine. I'm just saying that's what I, that's why he should come back. Yeah. I think he's still got me. things that he needs to figure out. It's much different than being a Matt Barkley, and it's like, hey, you are projected to be number one overall, and you're coming back for your team's sake. And yeah, then, Matt Liner did the same thing. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, now you're a six-round pick. Yeah. <laughs> like, Bo Nix. All he can do as far as... Uh, Jake Locker did the same thing, too. He was going to be number one overall, went back to UW, and uh, and then went 11th overall and three years later sucked. quit. Yeah. yeah. But to me, Bo, I'm glad that he's coming back next year. Obviously, he had an mm -hmm. amazing season. But after last night, and he's losing his offensive coordinator that he started in college football with... And he's and losing one of the best centers in the nation... Forsyth. Now, granted, they are getting some guys back on the offensive mm -hmm. line, and um, and that offensive I, line is going to be good for a few years. I want to say that they landed a transfer on the offensive line that was a big deal as well. That I think Dirt was saying in the pregame, but in that award-winning pregame, yes. Again, I listened to it. I knew it was award-winning. I was busy sleeping at my desk at work. I just want Bo to not turn into Auburn Bo because right. I felt like we started to see it towards the back half of the season. You want to see you want to see Dark Horse Heisman Week Five Bo Nicks. Of course, but also let's keep in mind the competition in that back half of the year for the Ducks 
was a lot better. Yes. You played Washington, agreed. you played Oregon State, you played Utah, and then you mm-hmm. played a North Carolina team. Right. So, a North and, Carolina team that was pretty good yesterday. Right, right. So, I mean, like, you look at the front half of their schedule, like, them playing BYU. BYU ended up not being a very good team. Like, so some of those right. early patsies at the beginning of the year. UCLA were, ended up not being a very good team. They, they're they good. They're, they're okay. They, what are they playing in? They're in one of the bigger bowl games. They're still top 25 team. But to me, it was like, it was a tale of two halves in their season. And that last chunk of the season where you played much better teams, Bo did not play as well. He was banged up, though. He yeah, he got that ankle injury against Washington, so you would like to see how the season finished out with 100% Bo Nix, but there is definitely happy feet Bo mm. trying to make some things happen that he shouldn't have that. There's still a little broski, bro. Broski Bo. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Broski most Bo. Most definitely. So, well, again, we'll see. We'll see. God, dun, dun, dun. Stop it, Joe. No more <laughs> <I know>. of that. <clears throat> there was something yesterday, though, that I wanted to see, and I was very, very happy to see what I saw, and I want to get that next. In the in the conversation of Dan Lanning as a head coach, I thought we learned a lot about him last night. And that's where we'll go next. This is Hot Corner Edition of Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's not a test, I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove. My friends are going to try to move your feet. You see, go Tigers. Patrick that, Harris, Joe Fisher, back with you. Dirt is that spread. a condescending cowboy fan impression that you just <clears throat> gave there? No, no, no. It's 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 Ed Orgeron. So a condescending cowboy fan impression, <laughs> then? That's probably what a lot of them sound like. Dash caught that ball. I've got a really funny story that I'm going to tell you right now because I'll forget. I'm at, it's, we, I'm about to go to this party at, um, Circa oh, what? No, it's, Circa 07? What no, 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 talking? no, it's this year. I was going over <laughs> to my friend's house to watch the Washington State Bowl game. And I stopped at the gas station to grab some cheap beer. Because I told the boys I'd, I'd get a rack of cheap beer. So I'm standing there and there's this guy in front of me. And he's just like, he's kind of like jittery and he's like moving around and he's, John off the what we call an addict. Yeah, John off at the lady, but they start talking about. Uh, he was like, he was like, 
talking about how the day sucked, but he was really excited for tomorrow because the Seahawks play. And he was like, because tomorrow the Seahawks play. And I was like, oh, God, this sounds terrible. And we're going to beat the Panthers' ass. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. And the lady goes, oh, I sorry, I, I, you might not like this, but I'm, I'm not a Seahawks fan. He goes, oh, yeah? Who's your team? And she goes, Cowboys. And I was standing like, guys, can we just, I'm just trying to buy this beer. Can we please get out of here? And I walk up and the guy leaves. Okay, guy leaves and she goes, but man, I really, so the guy's gone. And the cashier, she says, man, I really hate that guy. And I go, yeah, I could kind of tell. And she goes, I just, I don't understand it. Everybody thinks Dak is good, and I just hate that guy. And I thought she was talking about the idiot addict that was jawing at her. Nope. <laughs> Completely talking about Dak Prescott. Continuing the football conversation, I just looked at her and was like, like no habla ingles. <laughs> Por favor, Sarah Vitamin Vesa. R. Scan I bought Bushlight, dude. It was, it was Wazoo, so I bought Bushlight. <laughs> but it's just like, lady... I really hate that guy. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. Yeah, Dak is just not good. <laughs> like, uh, just give me one of those scratches. <laughs> yeah. And hey, can I buy one of those guns back there to blow my brains out? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, talk, continuing last night as the Ducks <laughs> defeat North Carolina 28-27 in the Great Holiday Bowl. Um, one for the ages, if and you ask me. And it continues the tradition of the Holiday Bowl being a good bowl for the Oregon It is Ducks. a good bowl for the Oregon Ducks, yes. That is their fourth win in five appearances. I think I caught that in Swag's update yesterday. Um, but the th- the biggest thing that I wanted to see from last night's game, and I got to see that, was Dan Lanning. I thought Dan Lanning, as that game progressed, saw things that Oregon was doing well and and continued to use them, saw things they were struggling in, and I think... His progression as a coach over this season has been immense. And it's capped off by that game-winning drive. You don't have game-winning drives at the end of a game where, quite honestly, I think UNC was kind of outplaying you. Outside of Bucky Irving, UNC was kind of outplaying you. And I thought Lanning was able to hold the ship and keep it right. And you don't score game-winning touchdowns in games you should lose if you don't have good coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's in the 24, 14 moment after uh, UNC got their field goal. I mean, we're looking at less than 10 minutes. Yep. That's, I mean, I thought the game was over. Me too. I, I look at that game. I was in waiting previous for years and waiting for games. a bow interception. Yeah. I, I look at that game and I'm like, Hey, we ain't winning this. Crystal ball ain't winning that exactly. game. Exactly. Crystal ball is not winning that exactly. game. Exactly. And that's kind of, uh, it's not a thought that came to my mind, but it was just that like previous year's feeling that it's like bull game down 24, 14. This team ain't going to do that. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Welcome to Wazoo. Yeah. It was like the first quarter against Fresno state. And I was like, Oh, this ain't going to happen. But give credit where credit Tigers. is due. Yeah. And you're talking about the offense. The defense showed up in the second half. Yeah, they did. And their biggest thing all year has been essentially, Ben, don't break. Yeah, give up the 5 to 10, 15 yards. But once you get in the red zone, don't give up anything more than a field goal. Two field goals in the second half. That's all North Carolina got. North Carolina in the first half, this is what they did. Uh, First drive, three and out. But then after that, punt, missed field goal. or, Or after that, excuse me, it was touchdown, missed field goal, touchdown, touchdown. Yep. So 21 points, almost had 24 in the first half. In the second half, North Carolina went punt, punt, field goal, field goal, end of game, didn't score. Yeah. Two totally different defensive performances. And again, that I mean, going into yesterday for both of these teams, 
the defense was of concern, especially for Oregon because you had three of your best players not playing because of opting out for the draft. Right. So you were missing key players at all levels. I mean, DJ Johnson, edge rusher, linebacker, Noah Sewell, obviously middle linebacker, and mm-hmm. then you had and a your, DB. Yes, basically exactly. one of each tier. Yeah, exactly. So for the guys on Oregon's defense that either haven't played a lot this year or are stepping up for the first time in this game and just trying to pull it off for the boys, win it for the seniors, you know, like to rally in the fourth quarter, come back from 10 points down, kudos to the offense to putting up two touchdowns late, but then kudos to the defense for doing your job and not giving up any more than six points down the stretch and to get yourself back in it and give yourself the opportunity to win the game. Yeah, I don't know what it is. As 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 a longtime hater of the Ducks, there's something about Dan Lanning that I'm just rooting for. You know? I'm not rooting for the Ducks. So like Wazoo Nation, don't worry. I'm I'm still with you. I hate those idiots. But there's something about Dan Lanning, and maybe it's because he's young and he comes from, you know, Kirby Smart. He comes from a national championship team and he seems to kind of get it. Maybe I'm just really fascinated in watching how his career progresses because if he continues like this, you know, Oregon's not going to be his home job forever. Like, someone's going to keep calling. Shut up. But Shut up. I find him really fascinating to watch his growth, and I think it was on display last night, and we talked about it, how important it was for Oregon to win that bowl game because the optics right now are trending up. Lanning looks like a solid coach. He's flipping recruits. Obviously, you have more NIL money than God. How can you continue this? And what happens if you go in there and Lanning makes a coaching mistake, which he's made a couple times this year? He's even owned up to it. What happens to the narrative around the program? Does this just become another crystal ball thing where it's like, awesome, you can recruit the hell out of it, sure. But when it comes to X's and O's, crystal ball is a nightmare on the sidelines, in my opinion. That's why I loved crystal ball at Oregon so much. I was like, (laughs) bring in as much top talent as you want. You will find a way to screw this up. And Dan Lanning, so far, is learning how not to do that. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the bulls from years past for Oregon, like, also, this was big for momentum going into next year. Huge. But... Just looking at it, I mean, you lost the Alamo Bowl last year to Oklahoma. That was embarrassing as hell. They got crushed going into that or into that game, tried to make a second-half comeback. Uh, Fiesta Bowl against Ohio, uh, Iowa State. You had the Rose Bowl with Justin Herbert. That was last year. You had that riveting Red Box Bowl of 7-6 uh, to six against Michigan State <laughs> back in 2018. Years before that, you lost three bowl games in a row. So, really, yeah. the bowl season for the Ducks over the last seven years – has had its ups and downs and its inconsistencies. I mean, besides the Rose Bowl victory, again, nobody was clamoring Red Box Bowl champs, baby. <laughs> Seven to six. How about that final? But but before that, though, you're losing bowl games, but you're losing national championships. Yeah, and you're, I mean, again, th- these are the bowl games you have lost. You lost your national championship. That Alamo Bowl that was referenced yesterday against TCU that they lost. The Disaster Bowl. Yes, the Las Vegas Bowl, which was the transition from Taggart to Cristobal, lost to Boise State. Then the first year Cristobal, you get that Red Box Bowl win. You get that Rose Bowl victory. Things are on the up and up. Then you slide down Fiesta Bowl loss, Alamo Bowl loss. So it was like, as far as trajectory and momentum of the program, yeah, this was huge. And again, I love them winning the Holiday Bowl. Yeah, I don't love that the turf is getting ripped up at the 20-yard line and that they have to have a repair crew out there fixing a baseball stadium field for these guys. Not too stoked about that. But yesterday, 
was perfect in the lights of San Diego. That was a great game, a great finish. I mean, obviously a win for the Ducks is always going to make things better. Sure. But that that was much needed, much needed. I agree. I think think Lanning uh, made kind of a statement yesterday that uh, he is there for Oregon, and I think sky's the limit for this program, especially with one of the big boys leaving and you kind of being the darling of the conference once SC goes to the Big Ten. 503-250-1080 is the text line. We come back. I'll read some of those on the flip side, but I also want to kind of look at the uh, Sarkeesian Bowl tonight with the Huskies in Texas. Uh, We had two great bowl games yesterday. I don't see why there's any reason why we can't have another good one. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tonight, so we'll talk about that next. I was waiting for this guy to start singing about car insurance. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that was. That's a that's a new one. Did you just skip over it? No. <laughs> what an abrupt transition. I have no idea. Whoever made that commercial, I would like to find. Totally wasn't my account. Five zero three two five zero ten eighty is the fan text line, and I want to read some of these texts that have come in. UNC fell asleep on the final drive. Maybe if Drake could have completed six or seven more passes, they wouldn't have been in that situation. Stexter's calling him a bust. I don't know about that. It might be a little early. I mean, I hear you on the six, seven passes, but then again, like, possessions were at a premium last night. High premium last night. I think Oregon had nine. UNC had ten. Normal games, you're usually seeing teams with, like, 12 to 13 possessions, it feels like. And just yesterday, the possessions lasted a lot longer. Mm-hmm. The, again, they chewed up clock in that first game. Half slowed. Lot. Game was going real fast yep. without you realizing it. Yep. yep. Uh, another texture. You really think that landing is unlike Cristobal in the sense that he wouldn't won't lose the game for you? I would argue all the games they lost besides Georgia were ninety five percent his fault. I think that's a fair statement. I'm not saying we shouldn't crit- criticize Dan Lanning. I'm just saying he is progressing as a coach. He is getting better, which I never saw Cristobal getting better. He might not. I'm not saying Lanning's there. He's got a lot of work to do still, but you can see that he is getting better as a coach. And when you look at that tough stretch of football at the end of the year, they went, it was uh, Oregon State, Utah, Washington, and then their bowl game here. It's like you lost to Washington, 
but you only lost by three, right? And a lot of right. things you did wrong in that game. So sucked in the moment, still looking back at that score of Washington with the win. It still kills me, mm-hmm. but you lost by three. Okay. Right. You didn't get blown out. Oregon State. It took a mammoth comeback and everything going right for them, wrong for you. And a little bit, I mean, let's not say a little bit. A lot of that's on Dan Lanning. Sure. There was one thing that team could do, and that was run the ball. And they couldn't stop him. Couldn't stop him at all. And you are a defensive-minded head coach. like that's, That just won a national championship with one of the scariest defenses we've ever seen. I'm going to put that a little bit on you. But let's look at the week before. Utah at home, close game, cold as hell. Just at it was a gritty game between those two. And while at the time they didn't have the playoffs to play for, there were still some things, uh, Pac-12 uh, championship appearance perhaps. Yeah. And you had that revenge factor against Utah. That Dan Lanning wasn't even a part of last year. Sure, exactly. But he got the guys to show up. Mm-hmm. He got them to play. Defense played great that night. Was It held him to 13 points or 17 points, something like that. And then you look at this game, UNC. It was a good mix of here's where there's room for improvement as right. a head coach. Here's areas where you showed that, yeah, you are you were tested and you showed up and you got your team to rally and make a comeback against UNC to pull out a win against the Pac-12 champion in Utah. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. They beat the Pac-12 champion this yeah. year. Yeah, Utah's in the Rose Bowl and Oregon has a win over them. So you in that tough stretch of football for Oregon, and a first year under 40 year old head coach in his 35. <laughs> it's like he can't even run for president. To me, you won 10 games. You won, to me, a great bowl game in the Holiday Bowl that has tradition, yep. has meaning. It, not, it, it is, you know, it's up there. It's a cotton bowl. It's, it's not the Red Box Bowl. It's not the gallerifurniture.com bowl. <laughs> right. So to me, it's like. Yeah, could they have gone twelve and zero, gone to the play? Yes. I just realized the Red Box Bowl is such a dated reference now. Hey, Red Do Box. Do people still go to Red Box? Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they're they're still popping. Yeah. Um, so I so I think what what I'm that that's what I'm saying. And Swag and I talked about this a little bit on Monday when we were talking about, or on Tuesday, excuse me, uh, in reference to Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. Some guys, you just you need somebody that's going to lead your program or your franchise, you know, whichever you want to call. I love that we call college football's programs, but the NFL, their franchises, college football are franchises. Um, but I do love you, that one guy that does call their NFL team a program from one to, yeah. time, from time to time. <laughs> we got a good program. Here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, but you need somebody that's going to be able to manage, oversee everything. That's why Pete Carroll still has a job. That's why Bill Belichick has a job. That's why Mike Tomlin has a job. That's why Nick Saban has a job. You control you are the voice. You are the head. And that's where I think Lanning is getting to. This other text that I want to read, because I think this is important, too. Maybe I'm in the more minority. I don't think you are. But when you have a roster full of top 15, top 10 recruiting classes, going 10-3 and three doesn't impress me that much. That's what you're supposed to do. Going 10-3 and three without anything resembling competent quarterback play, like Jonathan Smith did at Oregon State, is infinitely more impressive. I agree 100%. I do not want to sit here and sound like I am just tooting the horn of Dan Lanning, and I think he's the greatest thing and being a homer here. That's not true at all. Remember, guys, I want Oregon to fail on all levels at all times. I just, Dan Lanning is is in a more high-profile job, and he's got a higher spotlight on him than Jonathan Smith. Do I think Jonathan Smith is a better coach than him right now? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. 
And what he did at Oregon State is infinitely more impressive than what Lanning did at Oregon this year. I'm not comparing the two at all. Nope. I'm just merely commenting that Lanning is getting better, just as Jonathan Smith is getting better. You think two years ago, Jonathan Smith, with this team and these struggles at quarterback, goes 10-3? and I don't. He is improving just as much. We were just talking about Dan Lanning. Fair? Yeah. Yeah, fair. And I agree with that, Texter. One of those is more impressive, but also... Um, Oregon has essentially set that standard for them now, that mm-hmm. that 10 win standard. Yeah. Uh in the pregame show yesterday. Award winning pregame show. They referenced that 2001 or 2002 Oregon won 10 games. Mm-hmm. Might have been year like 2000. Keely Smith. Yeah. It was or a, Joey. It was their first 10 win season ever yeah. in Oregon history. And since that point, in the 21 years since then, they've had 13 10-win seasons. Well, yeah, I mean, we used to make... And I'm pretty sure it's this is either their 13th or 14th. But again, that that 10-win stand is now a standard for Oregon. Yeah. And when you go to two national championships, that becomes a standard as well. So I get the texture. I'm not going to say that 10-3 and isn't impressive. You're going to finish as a top 15 team in the country. If you have top 10, top 15 classes, that's where you should be, right? Yeah. So... To me, with a first-year head coach, you finish 10-3 and three with old recruiting classes that aren't even yours. You, you bring ton, in your transfers. You got a ton of people transfer out because they all wanted to follow Cristobal. Exactly. It's, to me, this season, it's a win. I'm going to chalk it up as a win. I understand there are some Duck fans out there that are, no, Natty or bust, Pac-12 championship or bust. Yeah. To me, where this season was heading towards the end of the year, and how it did end against this Oregon State to finish against the North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl the way they did, I, I, I'm okay with this 10-3 season with all of the context put into it. If you're a Duck fan that thought you had a chance at the college football playoff this year, you were dreaming. Well, it's just... Now, that, next year, I might listen to some of that. And that happens when you win, right? Exactly. Like, if you are 7-0... We, we used to say this in the mid-2000s all the time. When Oregon started turning... You know, when Bilotti really started turning that program around and then when Chip showed up and things started real get, getting real crazy in Eugene, we used to say this all the time as Pac-12 fans. What has Oregon won ever? Oh, you know, like, that was the joke because, like you said, <clears throat> pre-2001, Oregon never won anything. It takes time to set that standard, and you're right. I would rather be in a position in a transition year like this and be 10-3 and three and still get those 10 wins instead of being in a transition year and, and only getting 8-6, 7-6, 8-5. and, six. Seven and, six, yeah. eight and, eight and five. Now let me read you this text, Patrick. <laughs> that whole game was the most disgusting display of football by a top 15 team <laughs> against a terrible secondary that any Duck fan has ever seen. It was ridiculous. To beat that team... By what should have been a missed extra point. Yeah, we even got haven't even gotten to that. Uh, at the end is a complete embarrassment to the program. I wouldn't be surprised if the program loses recruitment over that. Word of the day, embarrassment. My friend. Swigard. <laughs> can you jump in on this? Am, am I crazy over here? Or? Is that I, that's completely that's out of bitter. line? That's completely out of line. Okay. I, <laughs> what are you bitter? Your team won. I, this sounds like a fan. Your I team don't know won. Of, I don't know of any recruits that hold any stock in actual bowl game performances. If anything, they're like, we would have blown them out if I was on the field. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Right? Isn't that what recruits say? Yeah. Boy, I can't wait to get there next year. We'll yeah. be in a better bowl game. And yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll contribute. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you see what Lanning was doing, you know, on – the end or when recruiting actually opened up 
for the early recruiting period. No, what? Uh, all the guys he flipped. Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. I I don't. That's just. I don't know if that's a Husky fan, a Beaver fan, who that is. Dude was honestly smoking a cigar like I, within the last few days because of the recruiting class. Yeah. I mean, that I don't. Bowl s- performances don't have much sway, if any at all, when it comes to recruiting. No. History will show that. No. Not, I, even, not even when. Fans, no, fans are the ones that care most about that. <laughs> not even when. You're Notre Dame, and you get blown out in a national championship. No, doesn't that matter. doesn't even affect your recruiting. Nope. Man, I uh, didn't know that losing or winning a game could be the most embarrassing, <laughs> devastating thing yeah, for you, thing for your program ever. Yeah, you know what's devastating for your program? Nick Rolovich. That is devastating <laughs> yeah. for your program. You want to talk about some real stuff here, man? You want to talk <laughs> about some real problems? I got real problems. I got real serious problems. You win a Heisman at D2, don't mean you can play in D1, all right? We got problems, and you're mad because you barely beat North Carolina. See, In a bowl game that nobody cares about, that we got lucky was entertaining, and half the time we have to talk about it because we're paid to talk about it. (laughs) Listen, I love my Ducks. I'm a proud alum. I stand by my Oregon brethren. You should. But there are texts like this that come in. That make me like we are on two different planets, my friend. This is why Brandon Sprague doesn't look at the text line. Winning versus North Carolina in that fashion shows exactly who Oregon is. Pathetic and weak. Had that been a real (laughs) opponent, they'd get blown the F out. (laughs) North Carolina is not some scrub. Like They They were a top 10 team. They were in the ACC title game. Yeah. Like they... Vaunted conference. Do not get me started on the ACC uh, and how tough it is to no, go through an it, ACC. It schedule. is a okay. juggernaut. But let's you got be real. Miami, no. Wake Forest. Hey, Wake Forest actually. Boston College. Anyways, like to me, it's just I feel like my expectations as an Oregon fan. You have to keep a lot of context into it, mm-hmm. and keep in mind you got a very young first-year head coach. You won 10 games. You won your bowl game. You came back in the bowl game to pull off the win. That clearly shows the team and the guys care, and they're rallying around each other. You got to look past the box score sometimes. And there was like, and every loss you had, you could have you could have won. Besides besides Georgia, Georgia. but yes, exactly. It's like Washington. You messed up in that game a lot, Mm -hmm. and still only lost by three. And your defense got shredded. And you got a little lucky. I mean, Wazoo bailed you out. You should have lost to Wazoo for sure. So to me, but you also blew out UCLA, and everybody was talking about you know Pac-10, Pac-12 title game preview, and you blew them out. Right, blew them out. All right, when we come back. I'm I I got to get off this Ducks train because it's driving me crazy. When we come back. I do want to get into the Sark Bowl tonight because I think there could be a big statement made, and I will be interested to see if that statement can be made. Joe Fisher, Patrick Harris, with you on Dirt and Sprague, 1080 The Fan. My mother's not gonna be. Coming up in the sec, coming up in the third hour, we'll have Ken Barkley on at eight o'clock. He's our BetQL expert, host of You Better You Bet. So we'll get some generate action rolling. Uh, also, I want to touch in on this Thursday night football game we got coming up. Plus, a dude that I thought was going to suck in the NBA that might actually be pretty good. Uh, so we got a loaded third hour. So stick around for that. But tonight we get Washington Huskies and the Texas Longhorns in a bowl game and. 
I don't know if it's conference bias or regional bias, but I think this game has the chance to be as good as both games last night. Yeah, most definitely. But uh, if I have to root for any team, go Horns. Baby. I know. Hook them, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Bevo. Hook them real hard. But uh, I think this is interesting because both of these programs are in similar yet completely different situations. Texas... Texas wants to be back back so bad, (laughs) and everybody wants them to be back. And I think, you know, speaking of coaches. I don't know if everybody wants them to be back. (laughs) I think a lot of people enjoy them trying to get back. And speaking of coaches that are getting better, Sark is getting better as a head coach. Um, He was really hot garbage at Washington and was massively exposed at USC. But his time at Alabama and his time with the Falcons – He's becoming better, and that's how he was able to manage to get that Texas gig. And look, he's getting recruits in there. On the flip side, UW, Jimmy Lake seemed to have buried that program. When Jimmy Lake got fired, look, us Wazoo Nation, we're laughing hysterically because we hate Jimmy Lake. And it was such a disaster that we are licking our chops because we think UW's going to be in a bad spot. Here they are right now. That was their bad spot. That was their bad spot. <laughs> and this thing has already been kind of turned around. And as much as I hate the Huskies, I think there is a chance that the Huskies blow out Texas tonight. Boy, I hope uh, not because... Well, I hope I hope not too. I hope they lose by 70. But from a football standpoint... Is there part of you that kind of likes Michael Penix, though? There is a little part of me, yeah, because it's not a real Husky, so exactly. I don't really have to hate him. <laughs> exactly. I just think of him in Indiana, and I'm like, that guy was good. And again, it's like, you know, game-recognized game. The way he shredded the Ducks, it was just kind of like going into that game, I had a feeling that was going to happen, and then he did it. I'm just kind of like one of those tip-the-cap, I hate you moments. You know, I'm mad that you did it, but you showed up, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happened to Texas, but... Listen, man, Texas is no slouch, right? Like, they they have had a much better year this year. I would assume they have better athletes than Washington. Uh, I would assume that they recruit better athletes, yeah. Um, and all their losses this year, man, for Texas were very, very close losses. Mm-hmm. Like, they, yeah, they, Dusty they and I always laugh that Texas can't be back for half a game. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, you lost to Bama by one, Oklahoma State. And that was an ugly game, too. It so, was. like, to be able... Losing, to hang in that ugly game, I think, is, is an accomplishment. Losing to Oklahoma State looks terrible now. Yeah, it looks but real bad. Beat Kansas State. You lost to TCU by a touchdown. Who's in the net, Who's in the college football playoff. Right. So it's like Texas is definitely not a slouch. I don't think that Washington is going to blow them out. Um, but I, I do have concern of whether that offense is going to be able to keep up over time with Washington and Michael Penix. Like, yeah. The moment that Texas essentially like showed me that they are not back and can't hold a candle to some of these teams mm-hmm. is that TCU game. Perfect opportunity to knock TCU off, take them out of the playoff, vault yourself into the Big 12 championship uh, uh, conversation, and completely S the bed. And Quentin Ewers looked like a kicker playing quarterback. <laughs> like It was just a mess. So my trust, I have a lot more trust in Washington, for sure. And I don't know, I don't feel like they'll blow out Texas, but I feel Texas will have a hard time uh, keeping up with them throughout the game, for sure. I don't know if you know this, and I, I'm i going to ask Ken Barkley about this. Texas is favored by three. What? Yeah. 
Texas, it's Texas minus three right now. Well, I mean, it is in Texas. I mean, I'm sure they're going to have a. I don't know what the ticket allotment is and how that all works for bowl games, but but like, I can imagine there's going to be a lot of uh, burnt orange in that stadium. Does I don't know, Swag. Like you, you're you're the more you're the more seasoned gambler than me. I feel like I would hammer this. Uh, yeah, I would too. Absolutely I don't, I don't know what this. the issue is. Uh, both of the top two running backs for Texas have opted out as they're preparing for their future professional careers. So I don't know where the Texas offense is going to come from. I mean, yeah, their defense is, you know, a little more stout than some of the defenses in the Pac-12. But the over/under is sixty-six and a half. Like, well, yeah. Texas may have a hard time scoring. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, that's that's what I'm saying. But even though the Washington defense has been pretty porous, it's all been pretty season. suspect. Yeah, but I I think Joe, you nailed it. Like I just don't know how Texas keeps up with Penix and that offense. That offense is going to have a chance to score. I feel like on yeah, every he's got drive. a chance to set the all-time passing yardage record uh, in the school history. They're averaging over 40 points a game, yeah. over 520 yards. You've a game. got you're yeah. in a dome. It's a controlled environment. There's yeah. no elements to deal Are with. Are we missing? So. Is this a sucker bet for I, Vegas? Is I, that what they want? Is it the double trap? Is it the trap trap? The, the trap of a trap. The trap trap. <laughs> the trap of a trap of a trap of a trap. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll definitely have to ask Ken about that. Um, yeah, because I mean, I don't even like UW to cover the spread. I like UW to win outright and like win by ten. I this is this is this classic like AP college football poll crap where they 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 see Texas put, they put and, up these yeah. programs to make other programs look good, like to justify TCU in the national championship in the in the college football playoff. Well, we got to sneak Texas into the ranking. Like Notre Dame is not good this year, but let's sneak them into the rankings. UW is good. UW has proved down the stretch that they are a good team this year. And I think had the season started halfway through, UW might be in the Rose Bowl. No, well, they were damn close. I mean, if you USC know? would have won the Pac-12 championship, then Washington would be in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I you saying that out loud and, again, just looking at that, I can't wait to have Ken on because it's just going to be like, <laughs> what are we missing? Yeah. Like, yeah. The, Please. The, what is it about this game that... Teach me a wise one. <laughs> seriously, because you, you heard my reaction out loud. What? Like, <laughs> how are they yeah. three-point favorites? Minus three. That is bizarre, man. Absolutely crazy. Well, speaking of Ken Barkley, let's not beat around the bush anymore. We'll get to our BetQL Insider uh, at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Plus, we have, a lot of, we have a lot more to get to. The Cowboys are playing the Titans tonight in NFL Action Week 17. Kicks off tonight, plus an NBA player that I thought was not going to be very good. Turns out might be actually pretty good. So we got a loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. This is Dirt and Sprague, Portland sports leader, 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.